podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hear that? That's the sound of the 2023 Chevy Silverado's 2.7 liter high output turbo engine, delivering 430 pounds per foot of torque with no compromise durability. Impressive power. Whether you're helping friends move or just moving some friends. Thanks. This is the sound of a family with plenty of rear seat room to enjoy the ride. And most importantly, this is the sound of you heading to your local Chevy dealer today for a test drive. Find your Silverado and find new roads. Chevrolet. Hello guys, what is going on? Daniel Charles back here again for another show. Hope you're doing well and keeping safe wherever you are listening to this, getting closer to the weekend and... We've got some new stuff to get through, obviously, and, and we've been reacting to that. I, I did a news uh, show yesterday, Let's Talk Chelsea, breaking down Maurizio Pochettino and Golo Kante, other stuff too. We will react to news as it comes out, particularly regarding Pochettino. But today's show, I wanted to focus on the players who I think Chelsea should be letting go. Yes, we haven't reached the end of the season yet, and yes, many of us are looking beyond the remaining Chelsea fixtures into the summer with hopefully a new coach in Maurizio Pochettino, what the squad could look like, the players we need to keep, the players, new players coming in, potentially ones we buy in the summer, and what a new Chelsea could look like heading into the 2023-24 campaign. But this show is going to be about who I think Chelsea should be selling in the summer. This is my list, and I think in some ways it's a little bit unrealistic. I can't see all of these players being let go permanently. And just a disclaimer, two players who I'm not going to be mentioning in this list are Joao Felix and Dennis Zakaria. Two lone players, they're not permanent Chelsea players and their futures, particularly on Zakaria, I mean, it'd be amazing if he stays at this point. But as well, Joao Felix, there's a lot up in the air with those two players. So I'm only speaking about permanent players, uh, players that Chelsea have either recently bought, have been here for quite a while, who I think it's the right time for them to move on. If you'd like to see sort of the reverse of this, me making a list on players who I think Chelsea have to do everything to keep, please do hit that like button. If we get to 300 likes, I will make that show as well. Let's get into my list and please do give me yours in the comments below. We're going to start from goalkeeper, work our way through defence, midfield and attack. So Kepa Ariza Balaga, pretty obvious here. I don't really see the justification and benefit of keeping Kepa any longer. He has had, from his own words, a pretty positive season. I think that is mainly down to the amount of football he's played, given where he was, say, in 2020 under Frank Lampard. Even after Edouard Mendy came in, you know, the, the idea he would have been deemed first choice at Chelsea even a year ago, I think, would have seemed unrealistic. But that doesn't mean, in my opinion, he is the right first choice for Chelsea. And and although he isn't as bad a goalkeeper as I think he maybe was in earlier parts of his career, there have been parts he has improved. And it isn't, statistically, it isn't the same as it was in 1920, where it was horrendous. There are still clear fragilities that we have seen exposed time and again that I just think are too great a weakness for Chelsea to have and to legitimise on a weekly basis and to kind of keep going. Key among those, quite obviously, is Kepa's inability from long-range shots. I think I've expressed this before uh, in match reviews where Chelsea have conceded from long-range, but you know I don't think it's a coincidence that teams consistently score from that range against us. And maybe in some cases, I think in a lot of cases, teams are being encouraged to do so, maybe when they wouldn't if another goalkeeper was in there, if Edouard Mendy was in there. And I still find it a little bit baffling that Mendy hasn't come in to the team under Frank Lampard. I think that's been a mistake. And although Kepa, as I say, in certain aspects, has maybe gained a little bit more confidence, 
I still think he's lacking in those areas. And I just think tactically in very tight games, you know, if, if we're thinking about an FA Cup final a few years ago, where that's a very tight game and, and Yuri Tielemann's goal comes from a long range strike. And, and there was debates at the time about whether Chelsea, if Mendy was in goal, would have avoided that goal being conceded and maybe won the FA Cup final. It's in fine margins like that where Chelsea, we, we've looked at the team this year and defensively, we haven't been horrendous. When you actually think about how bad this season has been, the actual numbers of goals conceded haven't been that high. You could maybe argue we've got to give credit to Kepper in some ways, but some of those games have been very tight. And if we aren't conceding from long range, if we aren't having those uh, fragilities, it, it changes the balance and dynamic of those games to maybe turn those defeats or draws into wins. And that's going to be key next season for Maurizio Pochettino if he has any hope of getting Chelsea back in the Champions League. And I just think for Kepa, he's had a re rehabilitation in some ways, but I'm not really interested in re using Chelsea as kind of a vehicle to revive players. It's about Chelsea finding good players, developing those, improving over a long period of time that they are productive. And I just don't think Kepa has done enough. So that's why, for me, he has to move on. In defence, I think this guy should have gone last summer, and I, you know, I, his legacy at Chelsea is clear, and you know, I, I think he rightly is deemed a legend. I think he, he's done some incredible things for us, and rightly goes with a lot of credit in the bank and a great reputation. But says Russ Balaqueta's time has come, and and I said this as much last summer. I find it a little bit baffling that we kept him on for another. Well, it's a two-year contract, but I think it, it's right time to cut ties now. I just don't think he offers the experience that is needed anymore. I don't think that's a justification. I think there are very limited uses for him in the team now. And um, yeah, again, it's just when you've got Malo Gusto coming in, when you want to see Reese James play a little bit more, when you know there are younger players like Trevor Chalabar who maybe at times could have played a little bit more. I just don't think Aspilicueta offers uh, an inspiring vision for the team. And, you know, this is a guy who's been at the club for over a decade. That is a long time in modern football. And it's not the case that he goes with any disrespect. He goes with his legacy tarnished. As I've already expressed, that's not the case. I just, I don't see the justification for keeping him along anymore. And it's not the case that as a leader, as a presence, I don't think the evidence of this season has said that keeping him on has made that much a difference, you know, in terms of keeping standards high. You know, um, Aspilicueta, as I say, goes with a lot of credit. But what's the point in, in you know, keeping him around any longer? I just, for me, it's halting at times younger players who could be gaining those minutes, which I think is more credible and, and you know, moves Chelsea in a positive direction. So, Dave, thanks for the memories. But obviously, it's time to go. I'm going to move on to Koulibaly now. Um, I think it's unlikely we sell him permanently, but I'd maybe like to see a loan back to Italy. It just hasn't worked out. And, and I think the fear of what what we feared Thiago Silva would be when you remember when we signed him one of my fears was his the, the pace of the game coming into the Premier League at such a late stage and maybe we hoped that Koulibaly would offer something similar to Silva but it's gone in the other direction and he's just looked kind of uh, wrecked with confidence but I don't think a lot of you know low confidence that these players have been dealing with a lot of players have but particularly Koulibaly who I, I just again think with what Chelsea may want to do tactically next season, and you have a player in a back four that's looked exposed at times, has gone into areas where he's looked very uncomfortable, hasn't looked assured of himself. I thought that moment against Sims for the Everton equaliser a few weeks back was a real demonstration of how much he struggled. And I think for a player who has made his career in Syria, I think has been a brilliant defender, but just has really struggled in what has been a chaotic environment, sure, 
but hasn't proven to be the the experienced head that maybe Chelsea required when losing senior players like Antonio Rudiger last season. And that's a shame. But I just I don't see at his age it getting much better. I think that the inability to cope, you know, it, it's not a case of bringing in a young player like Mikhailo Mujic on the other scale, where a player that you hope is going to develop not only in their own career, but also get used to the league a lot more. Benoit Badiashile, look at how quickly he's adapted. And this is a young defender. Look how quickly Wesley Fofana has adapted to life at Chelsea. I just feel that Koulibaly isn't going to get much better. And if you're trading off, keeping Koulibaly, meaning that the threat of Levi Colwell is being sold, I'm not taking that risk. So I want Levi Colwell back. That means letting go of Koulibaly. I think that makes sense. Mark Kukurea, um, he has to be on this list, sadly, just because the performances have been so bad. And there also is a, a factor in here too that I bring up with Kalidou Koulibaly of a lone player who I think is too good to pass up and risk letting go. And that is, of course, Ian Matson, who has had a really, really good season at Burnley, who I'm sure they'd be desperate to keep under Vincent Company heading into the Premier League next season. Uh, but I think it'd be really exciting to see Ian Matson back at Chelsea. Uh, and as well with Ben Chilwell's injury problems, I think it'd be quite important to have someone who could back up. And that's what we hoped Mark Kukurea would be. I just worry with Kukurea that so much has happened and his confidence has been hit so badly this season and I think I've seen this with several players right and this is not to excuse bad performances but I just feel the mood around a player is quite important and I think it's maybe it is a point of no return now I have seen in recent years players end seasons where I feel there's no way back for them just in terms of the minds of supporters who who doubt them and they look at such a, a low moment and they've proven that they can come back and, and impress and, and become a valuable member of, of the team. And given the the amount that was invested in Marco Correa, maybe internally that's what they hope. Because selling him this summer, you're not going to get a big fee. There's been chatter of him maybe being used in some sort of swap deal with Joao Felix. I'm not quite sure that's the most beneficial deal for Atletico Madrid. But you never know, that, that could be a route out. But I just feel for the player, if we are judging these players personally on their performances, what they're bringing, players that could be used in their place next season, and we could gain more from giving other players minutes. You know, I think Pochettino, as a as a guy who likes to use younger players, and I think particularly with his methods, you know, you want players who are going to be sort of hungry to learn and hungry to impress. And it's not the Kukurea's mentality. You know, this was a guy who did some very good things at Brighton. And at the start of his Chelsea career, had some good performances. It tailed off very quickly. There are probably a number of reasons for that. But is it going to get much better? And as people who've pointed out, who, you know, coached themselves, look at him technically and say defensively, there are just some horrendous things that have been exposed at maybe a, a level where, and at a club that has been chaos this year, and is that going to improve? Can someone like Pochettino coach those things out of Marco Carrera? At what is not a ridiculously young age, you know, he is 25, I think 26, you know, coming into prime years of his career. Is that going to change comparatively to a talent like Ian Matson? And that's what I'm balancing up. And I just don't think Kukurea's performances, they've been so poor. And I do feel a lot of sympathy for the player. And I just don't think it's going to get much better. Um, uh, particularly if, if you're looking at sort of the balance of value of what we're going to be getting out of him. So 
that's why for me I think it is right to cut ties with Kukurea. I do think this is one of the more very unrealistic ones on my list because who's going to pay money what's going to be acceptable for Chelsea I do think a loan is probably the best case scenario here we have heard reports that they'd like to see him get a second season but then that brings up the question of what happens with Ian Matson, who I'm sure will not be happy to just go on another loan when he could get a permanent move to a Premier League club if that isn't with Burnley of course so we will see but I I, I think it'd be silly of me not to add Kukurea on this list given how bad his performances have been this season. Going into midfield now Mateo Kovacic. Um, Mateo Kovacic is not a bad player. He's not someone that I think has been woeful for Chelsea. I think he's had a very challenging season and I think some of his performances in recent weeks have been pretty bad. But he has been a valuable squad member. At times, he has been an integral part of, of certain Chelsea teams. I felt last season under Thomas Tuchel was probably his best season in a Chelsea shirt. We've gone through his limitations in terms of end product enough times now. But I feel if you have the ability to accrue a decent fee for him, which is what Chelsea need to do with the FFP clock ticking at the end of June, I think Kovacic will go somewhere and Chelsea could get close to what they originally paid for him in 2019, which is actually pretty good business. Again, I'm asking a bit like Kepa here, what else are we going to get from Mateo Kovacic that we haven't already seen? We know Kovacic at his best can be a very press-resistant player, to use that kind of overused term, can be someone who technically is quite proficient at his best, but still has those severe limitations that I'm just wondering at this stage. And he also is a player that has a track record of injuries, which hasn't been the best and has been a little bit detrimental to Chelsea. I also think off the ball, he has severe limitations, particularly if you're playing a two-man midfield. And I think that has been a big problem that maybe has been overshadowed and, and forgotten at times and you know hasn't been sort of brought up with Kovacic. I think he can be quite horrendous off the ball. And that, for me, is a big problem when you're bringing in a coach like Maurizio Pochettino. Technically, again, he does a lot of things that I think a lot of top coaches like. But I just feel if you can get a good fee for him, if you can move in players that are younger and really start to redevelop the midfield, revamp the midfield, which is key, I think it's worth it. Now we move on to the attacking players. I think the next two I'm going to batch together because I think they can, they've been in the same boat over a year now. And I think that those two players are Christian Pulisic and Hakim Ziyech. I think for both these players, you know, Pulisic, I've, I've wanted to see do well. And I, and I felt at times he could have been a brilliant player for Chelsea, but it just hasn't worked out for a number of reasons, whether that be injury, whether that be system, whether that be coaching changes. And all of the players, you know, we speak about at Chelsea, I think have suffered through this. And it's a shame that Pulisic, given that very early promise, hasn't been able to fulfill that. And I think he's a talented player that I hope for his sake will go somewhere else and develop. But I just don't think it's going to work at Chelsea unless something drastically changed. Ziyech was literally, I mean, one proper file being sent to PSG from getting a loan uh, away from Chelsea in January. So I, I know he contributed to the winner at Bournemouth, the Badia Shile goal, but Ziyech again another player who needs to be off and I just don't think it's very healthy to keep players around who have maybe felt lost at Chelsea haven't felt that integrated with things and, and have maybe wanted to move on for some time now I don't know how it benefits the player and I don't know how it benefits the club and I certainly don't think it benefits a new coach coming in who's going to want to build maybe a tight-knit group in what is going to be a season with fewer games next year 
And I just think for both of these players, they need a fresh start, whether that for Ziyech is going to PSG, whether it's going back to Ajax for Pulisic. I'm unsure where he ends up. Uh, but I think for both of these players, it's pretty obvious they need to cut ties. And um, I just don't see what future they have at Chelsea unless massive change happens. And, and maybe we sell a load of other players and, and then the door opens for them. But I just I don't see futures for them at Stamford Bridge anymore. The final two here, I, I think one of them is so abundantly clear. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. A failed signing, a tragic signing that was mainly made for Thomas Tuchel. We know the chaos. We sacked Tuchel a week later, only you know one day after him making his debut at Bamiyang for Chelsea against our Greb Tuchel's last game, and that clearly you know derailed. I, I think kind of the the, the long term prospect of this move working. You could maybe make arguments that Chelsea haven't done enough at times to give a Bamiyang enough time in front of goal to maybe show that he's a prolific goal scorer and at least an experienced one where there's been so few goals within this team I have to admit that I, I did back Graham Potter's uh, I think initial decision to to kind of exclude Aubameyang I don't think Aubameyang's performances have been good enough throughout the season when he was playing to justify those chances but things have been so bad that we've seen Aubameyang get some chances in recent weeks under Frank Lampard so for Aubameyang he clearly wants to go again whether that's back to Barcelona or somewhere else I think it's quite obvious this is going to happen this is one that you can kind of be guaranteed is going to be moving on from Chelsea in the current squad uh, so I think that's quite obvious and and, it, and it's the right move because Chelsea need to focus uh, sort of energy and, and, and definitely finances elsewhere the final one is maybe the most controversial of this list I mean maybe I'd put it up where, up there with Kovacic who some people seemingly love and think we can't lose but I don't think that makes a lot of sense I think this guy statistically this season actually Chelsea's top goal scorer but that isn't really saying a lot when we think about the lack of goals Chelsea have consistently and if you've been watching this channel for a long time you know I've been very critical of this guy for some time and it probably isn't a surprise to you that this name comes up right here and it is Kai Havertz now Kai Havertz he has had a, a strange Chelsea career because for large periods of his Chelsea career, the average Kai Havertz performance hasn't been that good. But he has had this ability throughout his career at Chelsea. And even if he was to leave, he scored one of the most important goals in our history. And that cannot be forgotten. You know, that, that moment in Porto was, was incredible. And, you know, many, many players will pass through Chelsea and not reach and, and replicate what Kai Havertz did that night. And that is very important, you know, that goal, that moment in history. And that's why a lot of people feel quite clearly a connection to Kai Havertz. And there have been other moments too where he scored big goals, not even ones, you know, going to trophies. I mean, you know, the goal he scored against Newcastle last season was a very emotional moment in the context of what was going on at that time in Chelsea history around Stamford Bridge. He's connected to that, of course. He was the guy whose penalty, you know, secured the Club World Cup for the first time and made us world champions for the first time. Something we don't know when would it happen again. He has been connected to those moments and I'm sure there are other big goals where he scored where you can look at and go, yeah, he just seems to have this knack of scoring big goals. Um, and that, in a, tra a trait in a player is, is big. You know, the Borussia Dortmund goals, um, the Borussia Dortmund goal, obviously, from the penalty spot that got us through to the quarterfinal. A big night, a big moment for Kai Havertz where he had a really big performance. But I have to look at the whole thing with Kai Havertz and I just, I wonder how long we need to persist with a player who on a more regular basis isn't producing and the fact that we are now what two to three years into his three years I think into his time at Chelsea and none of us can truly say what his best position is what it is on a weekly basis that he contributes what is the Kai Havertz trademark thing for Chelsea 
I don't think any of us can say that. And there hasn't been overwhelming evidence compared to some other players we could look at in this squad to keep for me to justify giving Kai Havertz yet another season. Another season potentially, yes, you can make the argument about every single player in this squad under a new voice, under a new coach. He could be, you know, especially as a younger player too. This is not a 28-year-old. This is someone still arguably coming into their prime. But I just wonder, again, if we're looking at what Chelsea need to do this summer and to look at players that are going to be productive for us, which has been the big problem in the final third, whether you're looking at someone creating chances or finishing chances, which is what Kai Havertz has been kind of given the responsibility to do. And it's not like he's never shown anything that he could be a good striker. He just hasn't done it consistently enough. I don't know how long the Kai Havertz project is worth persisting with. And I just feel that there would be clubs a bit like Kovacic and maybe some other players that Chelsea have available who could go elsewhere. It's not the case. I had this discussion um, with some non-Chelsea fans recently that, you know, he could go to Liverpool, a much more stable environment and, and thrive. He could go to Man City, a much more stable environment and thrive. My argument isn't that these players that I'm letting go can't go elsewhere and, and you know, thrive themselves and develop. It's just... We have to talk about the players that we have right now and who is worth selling, who is not worth selling, who is worth building around, who has been built around for too long and maybe hasn't been giving us the end product that we need. And I think Kai Havertz falls into that category. And I feel that another season of just him kind of unsure where he should be, I don't think is very helpful in, in, a, in a summer where Chelsea desperately need clarity and desperately need a squad that looks a lot more valuable and looks like a squad that makes a lot more sense and you're looking at players on a weekly basis and say that player is fulfilling his role you know looks consistent sure maybe isn't the best player in the world but you know from the value from what we paid for him and the value of what he's giving on a weekly basis can you honestly say Kai Havertz has brought that I don't think you can specifically this season you know because there haven't been as many of those big Kai Havertz moments to really lean on you know because Chelsea haven't been doing as well so I think that's made it much harsher for Havertz and I don't think unlike last season where he was able to lean like a few other attackers on Lukaku to kind of hide behind Lukaku not being here this season you know it's been very hard to hide for a load of players and I, I don't think it, it shone Kai Havertz in the best light now sort of wrapping up you know this is it's been an awful season for Chelsea there have been very few players you know, there have been times where you just want to rip it all out and start again with a whole new group of players, and I understand that. Um, but the reason why certain names who I can already hear being, you know, typed away angrily um, down below who aren't being, you know, thrown on this list, particularly, and I'm going to name him right here, Mason Mount, is because Mason Mount, you know, has been injured in recent weeks, but also there is quite a lot of evidence, three seasons worth of evidence of Mason Mount being a very productive player for Chelsea that outweighs a lot of the players on this list. And and I think Kai Havertz is, is a prime one. And very few players on this list for me, even if they have done things previously in their career, even if they have aesthetic things that people like about them, I don't think it's worth persisting with. So that's why I feel these players have to be let go. And I actually think there is potentially a little bit of value in these players. I think there are some players who could actually attract a decent fee, which is what Chelsea need to do if they need to cut this squad. Um, there are other players, like I could look at a Conor Gallagher, like a Ruben Loftus-Cheek, um, players, particularly a Gallagher, who I think you know could maybe attract a good fee for him this summer. I do think with a coach like Pochettino, and again, a young player who's only had one season at Chelsea, I'd maybe like to see an, another season for him. When I, uh, A lot of the players I'm talking about here 
um, the likes of Kepa, Cesar Aspilicueta, Mateo Kovacic, Christian Pulisic, Hakim Ziyech and Kai Havertz, with the exception of Kalidou Koulibaly and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, I have seen quite a bit of in a Chelsea shirt. So it's, it's fair enough to make a conclusion about them at this current point. Those are my thoughts. Let me know yours in the comments below. I'm sure people will disagree. Um, but listen, I think it's important that Chelsea let players go. And some of those are going to annoy people. And some of those may feel like harsh. But I think it needs to happen this summer. So um, those are my thoughts. Let me know yours. You can follow me on Twitter at Chelsea. And I'll see you again very soon. All the best. Podcast Network.